Hello, everyone, and thanks so much for stopping by another episode of Restaurants Reinvented. This is Jen, and today's episode is a little different than others I've done in the past because it's actually a continuation of a previous episode. Specifically, it's a continuation of episode five of our season two, and it was titled One Lean, Mean Restaurant Machine. So on that episode, we featured Peter Wiley. He's the co-founder of both Rapid Fire Pizza and Hothead Burritos, two chains with over 100 locations. But Peter is also a really super innovative restaurant operator and marketer. Hopefully you got that from listening to that previous episode. The reason why we're continuing here is because Peter is so ahead of his time when it comes to how he views the role of technology and how technology can really power the future of restaurants and restaurant operations today. So on this episode, we focus solely on how restaurateurs can better embrace and leverage technology versus having it be an obstacle and something they have to struggle with and grapple with on a daily basis. I hope this episode and all the amazing content that Peter provides will help you see a more manageable future and the vision of a better, more copacetic relationship between restaurants and their technology stack. Enjoy the show. You're listening to Restaurants Reinvented, a podcast created to help modern marketers elevate their game and drive rapid growth. Join your host, Jen Kern, the CMO at Q, as she dishes with restaurant marketing pros who are leading the industry with creative branding, marketing, and guest engagement strategies. Get ready to be inspired by thought-provoking stories from your fellow marketers. Hi, Peter. We've talked a lot about the changing industry, and technology obviously has a big role there. I'd like to know in your opinion, in your very humble opinion, how you believe restaurant operators need to really change how they view technology. And, you know, obviously everyone's like talking about digital transformation. It's sort of a buzzword and it ends up being meaningless at the end of the day. But how do you, you know, as being a very innovative operator that you are, how do you really believe operators need to change how they view, approach, leverage, and use technology? Yeah, that's a, it's definitely a big question and one um, I wrestle with personally on probably a daily basis. Um, I'll go back to, you know, my brother was in Subway for 25 years and we, as the technology has crept into the restaurant industry, you know, he was telling me he had a, his tech budget was $125 a year, right? I mean, all you had was a basic POS. You didn't have to worry about online ordering. You didn't have to worry about third party. You didn't have to worry about, you know, internet. It, you know, you just had a cash register and maybe a POS that you then faxed in your sales reports to your, your franchise or type thing. So there was no tech. And, and now it, it's just part of life and getting people who have been in the industry a long time to accept that is, can be a little bit of a challenge and getting new people when they're coming in, like you're not just a restaurant operator anymore. Um, you have to have either you do, or you have to hire somebody who has the understanding because we rely heavily on the internet now from Online ordering to third party, all those play on the internet. And you know, we just rolled out a hundred or uh, basically 120 locations on Q, and part of that was revamping the tech stack, if you will, all the way to your internet provider. Um, you know, a lot of people think just get internet. It's like, well, you need internet, okay, but what happens if the internet goes down? You know, that was a major point with Q. Is what happens when the internet goes down? One of the things we did with Sean is yank the internet 
out from underneath the POS while we were running an order and see what happens. Um, so you have to be able to know when what's going to happen when you don't have internet versus when you do. So, you know, out of an internet provider, is it stable? Was it fast enough? With Punch, we're using for loyalty on Hothead side. It relies on internet. If you don't have internet, you don't have Punch because it's real-time data transfer between Q looking up the customer information coming back. So we have to make sure we not only have internet, but you have an internet backup because if you don't, you got challenges. Now Q will run completely without the internet, which is awesome. Again, one of the main points we, we did, it processes credit cards offline and stuff. And that's a major question to ask if you're looking for a new POS. But I still need internet, right? And I still need my cell backup because my, if my internet goes out and I don't have a cellular backup, which thankfully the internet providers are most around the country are now offering at a reasonable rate, 20 bucks a month or something, then it keeps all my third parties going, right? Because some of them, Uber Eats and Grubhub, and I'm not, I think DoorDash runs on sell, but you lose all of that capability. You lose all of your online ordering, which in some restaurants right now, especially because of COVID, could be 70 to 90% of their business. You know, some restaurants just closed their dining rooms during COVID because they had to. And so if you lost internet and you didn't have a backup, you were done for the day, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. You didn't have any in-store. So, you know, thinking through the internet, thinking through then down to your firewall, what kind of firewall are you using to protect yourself? If you're not using a firewall, you're just asking for trouble and you're not PCI compliant, which is a whole nother discussion, but yeah. it, it's part of the reality. You know, how difficult is it to use? How difficult is it to set up? Lots of things need Wi-Fi in the store now. And I don't mean public Wi-Fi. I mean, like to run your restaurant, we use jolt in a number of restaurants a number of franchisees do and there's other software like that that relies on wi-fi in the store to do checklists temperature logs you know scheduling shift management all those things rely on wi-fi and we haven't even gotten to making food <laughs> we're just talking about how do i how do i operate the restaurant and and have you know give my crew the tools they need to do their job to the best of their ability and make life easy for them so if you got your cell backup you got your internet provider, you got your firewall, and then now you got to get down to the POS that's got to run. Again, kind of mentioned that, but you got to be able to run, take credit cards, and not rely 100% on the internet because if it blips for a minute, I still got to function. So it's no longer just a, a piece or something you have to deal with. It is an integral part of running a restaurant nowadays from the marketing all the way to the ops, right? Because our ops, a lot of our ops pages are online now. We use Google Drive heavily in our brands uh, and other, other companies use different things. So if you don't have, you can't look something up, what do I do? If I can't, you know, check my email, get the latest information, what do I do? So it, it is just so key. I think of Domino's a few years ago said, we're no longer a pizza company, we're a tech company. Um, you know, and they have some of the most sophisticated tech in, in the industry, the way they track everything, which is super cool. And Chipotle came out with an article two or three days ago all about their, they didn't, it was emphasis was about their loyalty system, which is a lot of what we're putting together with punches, but it all relies on tech. It, it relies on somebody, you know, to analyze data, put together campaigns, you know, have a knowledge and understanding of click through track rates. You know, what happens if I run an ad on Facebook? I want to know that I'm getting a click through to that sale. And that's something we're working on with Q. So it, yeah. it is not optional. It's a reality you have to embrace. And if you don't embrace it, I think you're just going to struggle. If you do embrace it, it yes, it, it chips away. It's another line item on your bottom line. But hopefully the returns are there to justify it. Because so, right. it's not going away. 
Yeah. Well, so it sounds like you're saying operators need to pretty much change everything then about how they view and use and leverage technology. You know, we're, we look at everything that way. I'm, I've always been a tech guy uh, from audio industry to video um, and then into restaurants. So I always look at how can I leverage tech, right? How can I leverage it to make life better for myself, my crew, uh, you know, as simple as something as simple as using online QuickBooks. It, to me, makes it easier, right? It leverages everybody, all my ownership team and my stores can see the data. You know, there's integrations. Uh, we're working with Market Man, testing that out in several stores to do inventory integration to make it easier for the crew to have my food costs be more accurate. Uh, there's Jolt and Seven Shifts on scheduling. And all these things have an expense, but if you do them right, they can pay for themselves. If, I, if my scheduling gets better by 1%, well, my labor gets better by even half a percent or a quarter of a percent. I'm paying for some of these scheduling tools and it makes it way better for us as ownership. So I can look down and see the schedules. My managers can see the schedules. My crews can see the schedules. And we can, instead of spending three hours making a schedule on paper and trying to figure it all out, or even in a spreadsheet, some of these tools, you can do it in 15 minutes. Um, yeah. So now you're saving labor on that way. The crew's happier. And you can kind of tick through a bunch of those different data points, even getting sales into QuickBooks. There's an integration called Shogo, I believe. I'm not doing sales pitch, but to me it was cool because I've never really done that part of it. But Q provided that uh, opportunity that we can take all our sales data, just dump it right into QuickBooks. So it saves yeah. hours of data entry. And you're like, wow, for it's like 15 bucks a month. Again, not a sales pitch, but if I have to pay somebody to enter that data or I can just have it connected, I just save that time, monotonous thing of, having to be done all the time, it just goes away. And now they can do something that only they can do. Not, you know, if a computer can do this, great. Let's let the computer do it. Yeah, no, it's great. I mean, you're obviously very tech savvy. I mean, I know your background originally was at a market as a marketer, but this is this is how the space is changing now, right? Marketers are becoming it more is. tech savvy. Yeah. Restaurants are becoming more tech savvy. I mean, I sometimes take issue with the Domino's brand saying, you know, we're a tech company because, sure. you know, I go to them for pizza. But I get the sentiment. I get where they're going with that. And, yeah, you got, and you got two sides. So. Right. You have to have the awesome customer service. You have to have the awesome food. Yeah. But, but the customers and the crew are expecting tech now. They expect it to be super simple to order online. They expect it to be super simple to get their rewards. They expect it to get pertinent, relevant marketing information, not spam that hits right. everybody. So right. that all comes well, from tech. And one of the reasons Q started and why we're so passionate about what we do is because we do see the dominoes of the world as the gold star. Mm -hmm. And we want to make that attainable for brands your size. Yes. Right. Uh, that's our that's our mission is to to make that attainable for other brands because there are very few brands that can invest the billions of dollars right. that Domino has invested in their technology infrastructure yep. to get to where they are. Exactly. So it's sort of like uh, Nico Papadimitro, he calls it the democ de democratization of POS. You know? yeah. <laughs> it's well, like democratizing it. Look at it. You're trying to bring yeah. everything that's available down to a level that's uh, affordable. Yeah, and attainable by by folks yep. like you. And and so, you know, you really got to the heart of talking about a lot of integrations and unification, which is, as you know, our, our brand promise is, yeah. is unification and driving those healthy connections. How has that translated into efficiency for you and your team? It, it's way more efficient dealing with uh, on probably two or three levels. Uh, one, just the crew. 
a third party order. Uh, currently, you get, we're integrated with DoorDash and Uber Eats on Q. Um, still waiting on Grubhub. But it's just an online order to the crew. It's, it, it tells them it's third party. They know it's third party, but they don't have to go look at a tablet. They don't have to really do anything different. It's just more online orders. Uh, so it makes their life much simpler. From an IT side, we're managing the menu all inside Q. We used to have to go to, we were using Chally as an integration, and, and they were a great team to work with. Just didn't have the in-depth integration that Q does, or you know, hosted, if you will. And we'd have to change the price in the POS. Then we have to go to DoorDash, and go to Uber Eats. Then we had to go to Chally, make sure the product ID is right everywhere. And if you screwed it up, then it broke, and the order didn't go through. And you know, trying to synchronize changes across four platforms so that one product could go live was just a nightmare. And, yeah. and sometimes we just didn't even do it. It's, it's, it's not going to, it's not worth the effort. Um, and now in Q, we just simply turn it on. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, it syncs every night. And if we have a new LTO, we add it. And then the next day it shows up on New Eats and on DoorDash and in Q and online. And we can make adjustments. What's really cool is we can make adjustments to compensate for differences in how DoorDash handles it, how Uber Eats handles it. Uh, we can run separate pricing for DoorDash and Uber Eats versus in-store. So um, IT side, it makes it very easy. And then from an ownership or an accounting standpoint, all the, the sales are right there. It shows up in your report, line item as Uber Eats and DoorDash. Uh, you know, when you, if you do, go to do your reconciliation, you can go look at DoorDash and say, DoorDash says I have, you know, $2,100 in sales and, and Q says I have, you know, 2150 Well, maybe then you can figure out, okay, well, there is a refund on the DoorDash side and, or whatever the discrepancy is, you can figure it out. And the Q team has been great as we've worked through these integrations and providing feedback because you're kind of, it's a little bit of a moving target for you guys because you're working, you know, Uber Eats has an API, DoorDash has an API, Grubhub has an API. So it's been really from my end, pretty seamless as you guys have to sort that out. I don't. Mm-hmm. I just need to put an item into queue and right. tell it to go to Uber Eats and DoorDash in our case. So. Right. So making your internal teams, as, as you call them, your crew more efficient, right? Yep. Which is very important right now when we're yeah. in the middle of this yeah. terrible we're, labor yeah. shortage. Yeah. I also would think it would help with total cost of ownership, right? I mean, or, or at least technical debt, right? Not having as many systems. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we work with Chally. We, you know, there are friends over there. Sure. But you know, having one system versus two yep. to manage, and then you add the other, you know, third parties on there, right. and you're like you said, you're at four or five. Um, I would think that is some sort of efficiencies, total cost of ownership, and some savings in there as well. Correct, because I'm no longer paying that additional service or the additional fee per transaction type thing. Right. Right. Fantastic. Well, that's part of our goal is to get you guys, get your costs yeah. down and get your profit profit margins up and your revenues up. So that's great. Yep. Well, thank you so much, Peter. I mean, I know like as we wrap here and, and we've been wrapping for a while, but we'll keep wrapping. <laughs> I'd love to know what's your moonshot? What's the yeah. one thing? I mean, listen, you are such an innovator when it comes to restaurant entrepreneurship. I mean, all the people we've worked with. I mean, you, you always come to the top of top of our mind as someone who's super innovative. So I'd love for you to share with our audience what some of your innovative strategies, what you would consider your moonshot. First, I appreciate that. I don't know how uh, if I can live up to it, but I'll do my best. Yeah, one of the things we got uh, really excited about was uh, I'm a big craft beer guy, so I'll get to the point here. Uh, BrewDog is a company that recently came to the U.S., actually in Columbus, kind of not too far away from our hometown in Dayton, Ohio. Mm-hmm. And they had this whole platform about people buying in ownership 
um, actually purchasing shares into the restaurant or into their brewery. Man, how cool would it be to have restaurants where people who love the food love, you know, love coming to their local hothead franchise or local rapid fire pizza franchise could actually invest in that restaurant. And so as crazy as it sounds, my brother, Chris and I, uh, independent of the franchise or, so I have to disclaim that very carefully. Like this is not part of hot Ed franchising. This is not part of rapid fire pizza franchising. This is part of uh, an entity we call tasty equity. And Chris and I put this together and just said, man, how cool would this be if you showed up and you owned part of that restaurant? And so we have right now, we have four restaurants that are part of the it's a regulation a offering, which is technical term for uh, government regulation. And we have a, a lot of, owners who have bought shares into the restaurants and you know now they're they're part of the team as we build more restaurants they will be part of those more restaurants that tasty equity builds um you know it was a an adventure launching it during covid was probably not the Mm. best timing but (laughs) so it's still a bit of a moonshot for us but it's something we're super excited about we think it, it can really revolutionize community support help actually get people into restaurants who, you know, our goal is to provide some backing as a, as a possibility. Um, somebody wants to be a franchisee. We can come alongside them. Um, their community is effectively coming alongside them to help them get a restaurant in that area. Uh, so it, it, it's still a big goal. Um, it's just getting started, but it's something we're definitely excited about. And I think it can, it will be something revolutionary in the industry. I think as it continues to grow and, and takes on legs. That's so cool. And can anyone invest? Yes. Yeah. It's open to uh, the share started a minimum of uh, 20 shares at five bucks for a uh, hundred dollars. So. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. You can just go to tasty or invest in tastyequity.com or tastyequity.com and, and check it out. So bit of a sales pitch. I admit it, but. Uh, go for it. Tastyequity.com folks. Tastyequity.com. <laughs> yeah. Hard I to forget that word, that name. It's that's pretty cool. Name. And uh, yeah. again, I'll give some credit to the brew dog guys. They you know provided some inspiration and, uh, from a marketing aspect, uh, I think they do some awesome stuff. I used to watch their TV show and things. So we've, we've been inspired by, uh, you know, really grassroots, um, reaching out to people, style marketing and working hard to try to get that into our brands as we go. So That's fantastic. Appreciate that opportunity. So. Yeah. And I think you had one other innovation. Yeah. Yeah. We got one more we're working hard on. Um, if I pivot just a little bit, you can see the Bitcoin art behind me. Oh, is uh, that what that is? I've been meaning yeah, to ask you yeah. about that. Uh, there's an Ethereum one on the other wall, yeah. but uh, we're, we're big uh, crypto proponents. Uh, again, separate from the Zor kind of a personal venture, but we would love to see it get into restaurants. And we're actually we've had several conversations with Amir about it, actively looking into it. We know our, Card to card processor middleman supports it, so you know we we look at it as it's on uh, credit cards are unavoidable, kind of like tech, right? It's an expense that didn't used to be there years and years ago. Is heavily cash, right? Mm-hmm. And now credit cards take anywhere between two seven, you know, two point seven five probably on average, maybe two and a half if you're a really big brand, all the way up to three and a half percent of every yeah. transaction, and. We're like, man, crypto provides a way to do that um, and at least gives an alternative and an opportunity. Is everybody going to switch over and, and not use uh, credit cards? Nah, that's not, you know, it's not quite going to happen. I mean, Visa and MasterCard already have crypto tied credit cards going. So, but to be able to accept that online ordering, which uh, there's a lot of sites that accept online crypto payments and then in store. 
crypto payments. Um, you can do it through some third parties, but having it really seamless uh, is something uh, we're uh, very excited about offering. Hopefully, in the next within the next year, potentially even straight through Q, uh, if I can keep uh, Richard and Amir on my side. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I just think hey, you guys yeah. want to be innovative. We want to be innovative. Yeah. What's more innovative than crypto right now? So, let's do it. Let's do yeah. it. Let's get it done. I mean, crypto is super high. I, I, we've talked about this because my husband is very bullish with crypto and yeah. helping some companies get launched. He's doing using mostly urethrum. Am I saying that right? Ethereum. Ethereum. Thank you. <laughs> Close. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's definitely hot. And yeah. wow, that you're right. I mean, that's a huge innovation. Can we get restaurants, you know, using crypto and yep. as payment? I mean, that would be fantastic. Again, you would be you would be a trailblazer amongst all of our customers if we could get get that going. So, Hello. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's awesome. So, well, thank you so much for sharing all those insights and, and innovations with us and okay. with the audience here at um, restaurants. Yeah. Thanks, Peter. All right. Have a good day. The Restaurants Reinvented podcast is brought to you by Q a restaurant technology company going beyond POS to create unified food experiences for fast, casual, and quick service restaurants. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and leave us a review. It really helps us improve the show and bring the restaurant marketing community together. Thanks for listening.